0: Recorded live. Hello. Welcome to Christoginian Saturdays, and thank you for listening. Praise Yahweh. Today is Saturday, February 4th, 2012. I'm going to do something a little different tonight. I'm I'm going to basically present a, a paper and a speech from Joseph Goebbels. I haven't done that in a while. I, I mean, we we um, when I was working on the Sunday Night Program with Sword Brethren back last year, we we presented quite a bit of material from Goebbels, communism with the mask off. What was one that I remember, and I think there was another one. I forget it offhand. Which one? Before I start on that, I'd like to say that uh, yeah, this is incredible, and you see a lot of it in the American media, but I think there's even more of it in, in the European media, and and there's Spiegel is constantly spewing headlines about Nazis, the Holocaust, and evil white people in general. Many American media outlets follow suit, but Der Spiegel is one of the most prominent in Europe, for sure. All of this, I sincerely believe, and in fact I know, is designed to keep the boy thinking like the Jew wants him to think bad Nazi, poor Jew, bad German (laughs) prosecuted or, or persecuted Jew. All of this runs cover for the real crimes which the Jews are perpetrating against the entire world today. And none of it is really true. Of course, there are only elements of truth in all Jewish propaganda so that it appears to be true. Just like, and I elucidated this recently in in, um, the series on the book of Hosea that I've been doing on Friday night, just like the ancient Israelite King Jeroboam, who changed the religion of the nation and replaced it with something that appeared to have credibility so that he could maintain power, today's Jews, the Jewish-owned mass media petals have truths mixed with Jewish lies as the truth, and it is all contrived so that the Jews can retain power. Speaking about Jewish crimes, and, and I'll elucidate one well, a massive, incredible theft, under this current American administration, the government has in three short years put a debt of perhaps as much as $30 trillion on the books that must be shouldered by future American taxpayers. The money was used to bail out the so-called global economy, according to the rhetoric. From where did the government get this money? Well, they borrowed a lot of it from the banks. They borrowed some of it from other foreign nations. In those foreign nations, just like in America, money is created from nothing and loaned out. The banks create the money from nothing. Now, if the banks had the money to loan the government, why didn't they use their own money for the bailout? And if China or India loaned any of it to America, why didn't the banks just get it directly from China or India? The truth is that the money created from thin air is used as a vehicle by which to enslave the people while the Jewish masters end up with all of the loot and then use some of it to pay off whomever they need to keep happy. The media owned by those same Jews operate sideshows, engineered to keep the people anesthetized so that they can maintain control, such as the power of mass media propaganda and Joseph Goebbels Fully recognized it and fully understood it. Like many white nationalists, and I consider Christian identity to be true white nationalism, I once held Joseph Goebbels suspect light of build, the darker features, the shock of dark hair. He didn't have the ideal Aryan physique. Yet how many Aryans do have that ideal Aryan physique? Aryans, unlike the other races in their natural state, are indeed much more variegated than the other races. So once I had the chance, I decided to read some of Goebbels' material several years ago. When I read this material, I knew that the man was true. No Jew could write the way Goebbels did truthfully about the conditions in Europe in his day. And while he may not have been an overt Christian, like Adolf Hitler he was raised a Catholic and like Hitler his philosophy of life was certainly well grounded in sound Christian principles. True Christians do not judge a man's religion by what he professes with his lips. But rather, they judge a man by his morals, and by his actions, and his love for his kindred and his nation. That's real Christianity. Looking at some of these Der Spiegel headlines, just to get a taste of of the constant propaganda that the Jews spew in order to keep the Goyim thinking like the Jew wants him to think. November 25th, 2011 Nazi memorial embarrasses German community. Dedicated to the Nazi leader Hermann Göring and decorated with swastikas, a bell located in a war memorial in the northern German community of Tumlauer Kug has sparked a scandal but locals didn't mind that it was on display until the state governor intervened. I'll bet he's a Jew. November 30th, 2011. Intelligence agencies destroyed files on former SS members. Well, imagine that. Preparations have already been made for Ernst Erlel's retirement party next Wednesday when he steps down from his post as the head of of the Bundesnacht, oh, I can't even say it, the BND, Germ- Germany's foreign intelligence agency, on its 65th birthday. The officer of the chancellor has selected a partial location in Berlin for his farewell party, and Angela Merkel herself is expected to attend. Erlau, a former, a member of the center-left Social Democratic Party, will be turning over his post to German Schindler, Gerhard Schindler, I'm sorry, a member of the business-friendly Free Democratic Party. Well, they're complaining that he destroyed records that are 70 years old. I'm sure everybody is dead. How long is the state agency – I'm not going to read the whole article. How long is the state agency supposed to keep records, and why is that news? Why is it news 70 years after the war? November 30th, 2011, half a city to evacuate for bomb disposal. Talking about Cobland and a bomb found in a river. I'm, I'm sure it's going to go off. Too bad it doesn't go off in a synagogue. December 6, 2011, German police raid homes of six former SS soldiers. This is incredible. German officials have raided the homes of six former SS soldiers, suspected of taking part in the massacre of 642 French civilians in 1944. It's absolutely incredible that they're, they're harassing these men 70 years after the war. December 7th, the next day, December 7th, 2011, the people want souvenirs. The trade in Nazi relics is booming in the United States. I'm sure maybe those, um, whatever those German prosecutors got out of the homes of those six SS officers probably hit the black market here the next day. It's every, every week something in Der Spiegel about Nazis, about the war, to denigrate the German people, to keep that feeling of guilt, December 21st, 2011, World War II mines pose growing risk in Germany. The Nazis are still killing people in Germany. It's incredible. January 10th, 2012, book provides fresh glimpse of Berlin's destruction. Well, these pictures have been around forever, and some Jew, I'm sure, is capitalizing from them again. That was the real Holocaust, the destruction of German cities. January 20th, 2012, journey to a homeland lost in a war. It, it's about a German going back to the Russian city of Sovetsk, which is really the East Prussian town of Tilsit that was stolen from the German people after World War One, and, and talking about how he's trying to get in touch with, with with his past and his roots, his emotional journey into his own past. It, it's it, it's my point is that every week it's something about evil Nazis in these newspapers, and and it tries to. Maintain that state of guilt and those dark clouds over the head of the German people, and, and it's absolutely disgusting. But that is an example, of just one small slice, and, and you could see it every single week in Der Spiegel, and and it appears every every you know maybe not so frequency frequently, but fairly frequently in the New York Times. If you go to the New York Times website and you search for for Holocaust. Or, or Nazis, or, or any one of those, the, those bell-ringing keywords related to the, the events surrounding World War II, you're going to come up with scads of articles on that topic over the last five, six, ten years, however long, and, and they also print articles periodically just to keep that picture of unrighteous Jewish persecution in the minds of the public and to keep that, that, that idea that the Jews are a persecuted people in, in the public purview. And, and it's propaganda, and it's meant so that the Jews can maintain control. It's incredible. And, and it's incredible that white people don't see it. I, I mean, they shouldn't buy those newspapers. Just stop buying. White people should stop buying every Jewish newspaper. The Jews would go into a panic, an absolute panic. It would be incredible. It'll be fun to watch. Okay, the two works by Joseph Goebbels, which I am about to read, are The Racial Question and World's Propaganda, which was a speech, and The Creators of the World's Misfortunes, which was a paper. They are absolutely pertinent to our situation today, and although we haven't seen it, or, or most of our people haven't seen it, of course. The, the, for the last hundred years, the, these are from the German propaganda archive at Calvin University. The gentleman who supplies the material in that archive, or, or at least its main provider, he, he's a, a translator, and he's not exactly, he, he doesn't seem to be sympathetic at all to the German cause or, or to the cause of the Aryan race, even though he appears to be an Aryan. And, and he seems to me to be um, a brainwashed victim of world Judaism. But, you know, today I believe that people are only victims of world Judaism and, and brainwashed by the Jews when they choose to be. When they they cease to think critically and don't examine the items that they're being offered as so-called truths. And that's, you know, there's... Um, the media propaganda from the Jews is very, very strong the 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 lies that were told on television daily and and in the movies that they're, they're very powerful but there's a certain amount of personal culpability too when people don't even pick up their they, they sit in these church pews and hear lies every week and they don 't even pick up their bibles and actually read them for themselves and 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 only that would help them see through the great clouds of propaganda offered by the Jews weekly and by the, um, the, the Christian pastors and politicians who were in bed with them. The racial question in world propaganda was a speech given on the occasion of the first Nuremberg rally that followed Hitler's 1933 ascent to power. Goebbels gave the speech discussing the bad press Germany was receiving because of its racial policies. Goebbels claims that the Jews were making a mistake in attacking Germany, and indeed we know they were. It's just that Americans and Englishmen just couldn't see through those clouds. Since by doing so, they run the risk of putting national socialist views on the agenda for discussion. Goebbels suggests in this speech that many people in the world will, as a result, come to agree with the National Socialists. I would say Goebbels was right. It's just that it's too few and far too late. And the the Roosevelt administration was very effective at silencing all contrary views in the 1930s and 40s incredibly effective. The National Socialist Revolution is a typical German product. Its scale and historical significance can only be compared with other great events in human history. It would be be false and misleading to compare this revolution to other transformations in recent European history. And I would interject that he he means the the, the French in 1848, the Bolshevik revolutions, which were all very much Jewish in nature. True, it shares their impulses, their energy, and perhaps even their methods with some exceptions. But its foundations, causes, and therefore its results are entirely different. It could not have happened without the war and the November revolt at least in its speed and power. And this, this Go, Goebbels is, is referring to World War I, of course, and the, um, the November Revolt, what was the um, the Communist Revolt, and, and, and the, um, uh, okay, this is probably an oversimplification on my part, but the November Revolt was when Max of Baden and other prominent German leaders sold out, and that's the way I look at it, they sold out Kaiser Wilhelm and Imperial Germany was replaced with the Weimar Republic. There was a great underswelling of communism and and many communist attempts at government control, at forcing communist government control, had been put down by the Free Corps. The only reason why Germany did not go Soviet at this time was that the communist-leaning SPD which was the majority party and and is still a um, one of the leading political parties in Germany today well the SPD would not work it's the um, the people's Democratic Party the the people's the, the socialist Democratic Party I'm sorry the SPD would not work with the Bolsheviks in 1918 recognizing that they were a criminal enterprise if it weren't for that that then we might of have had a Soviet Republic of Germany in 1918. It was very close. It was a lot closer than a lot of people realize. And Adolf Hitler was the, the answer to that. Back to Joseph Goebbels. The Versailles Treaty of Non-Peace stood in its way. Need, unemployment, desperation, and decay accompanied it through all its ups and downs. An over-refined, democratic parliamentarianism, which today seems almost grotesque, found its last and highest expression. And of course, Goebbels, writing in 1933, thought that democratic parliamentarianism was dead in Germany. We could have only been so fortunate. It provided the stage on which national socialism rose to power, we told our opposition often enough that although we were using its weapons and rules for our purposes, we had nothing intellectually or politically in common with them. To the contrary, our goal was to use these means to put an end to them and their methods, and, and Goebbels is referring to the, the communist socialists who were attracted or wanted to make league with the National Socialists and and that idea of National Socialism had to be well-defined and the Communist Socialists had to know that they really had nothing in common with the National Socialists, which is what Goebbels is explaining here. Both in theory and practice, National socialism opposes liberalism. And Goebbels, of course, was speaking out against general European liberalism. And we see today that American liberalism is a failed experiment since it failed to protect the race from its predators. While I love the morals and ideals of our American founding fathers, they only work in an all-Christian world. They simply don't work in a sheepfold full of wolves, and we evidently needed something stronger. And once the wolves filled the sheepfold, our political leaders failed to provide that. Goebbels explained here that Hitler used the Jews' own tactics against them, and he did, and very successfully. On with Goebbels. Just as liberalism after the French Revolution had various effects on every nation and people, depending on their character and nature, the same is true today for the forces that oppose it. German democracy was always a particular playground of European liberalism. Its innate tendency towards excessive individualism was foreign to us which lost it any connection to real political life after the war, after the first war. It had nothing to do with the people, as we see in America today. It represented not the totality of the nation, as we see in America today, but turned into a perpetual war between interests that gradually destroyed the national and social foundations of our people's existence which is exactly the course that America America has taken since the ideals of liberal democracy won out over the republic. The route that Germany followed, America followed. Germany realized it. Americans slept, for the most part. National Socialism was was able to overcome this condition of continual spiritual, economic, and political crises only because the German people themselves regained their composure and found a political idea and organization that corresponded to the character of the German nation. National Socialism is a completely German phenomenon. It can only be understood in the framework of German conditions and forces. This is proof beyond all doubt, and Adolf Hitler had the same idea, that Germany was never intending to export its fascism or its national socialism to any other nations. We may have had Oswald Mosley in England. We may have had... Leon de Grel in Belgium Vidkin Quisling and they may have been sympathetic to National Socialists or fascists themselves, but they weren't that they got their inspiration in part from Mussolini and in part from Hitler. But that didn't mean that Hitler was planting the seeds of National Socialism anywhere outside of Germany. He never intended to export it. And this speech by Goebbels in 1933 shows that. He goes on to say, like Mussolini once said about fascism, it is not for export. Nonetheless, we see the National Socialist Revolution as an event that affects the entire world. Besides, the solution of the German question cannot be without consequences for the future constellation of Europe. It is a warning for the entire liberal world that Germany has replaced democracy by an authoritarian system, that liberalism broke under the blows of the national uprising, that parliamentarianism and the party system are outdated concepts for us. Let me say that in in the democracy of Greece, parties were outlawed. If you read Thucydides, who is an Athenian general, and who was a a historian of the Peloponnesian Wars, you'll find that parties in ancient Athens were outlawed, because parties are conspiracies. If you read Livy, in the old Roman Republic, when it was still a republic, and the people were in control of the republic, the people of Rome, And that republic lasted for, uh, if I had to guess, I would say damn close to 500 years, the old Roman Republic. It was imperialism that killed it, just like imperialism killed the American Republic in the late 19th century. In the old Roman Republic, parties were outlawed. You could not have a political party. Men were not permitted to assemble in private buildings and private homes for political purposes. They couldn't have meetings in private homes because that was seen as a conspiracy. They couldn't have parties because they were seen as conspiracies against the people. As soon as you form a party, as Goebbels explained here, the democracy breaks down into a jostling between private interests. When are we going to learn that? One party simply wants to rule over the other and take property from the other. And, and we see that very clearly in American history, in recent American history. Back to Goebbels. The past three years have proven that the strength of a new idea is stronger than the resources of an outdated world view. Even when it defends itself with the instruments of state, a new kind of authority has been established in every area of public life in Germany. The insane, the insane belief in equality that found its crassest expression in political parties is no more. The principle of personality has replaced the notion of popular idiocy. A united German nation was born despite all the labor pains. It is not surprising that those who benefited from parliamentarianism struck their tents when they saw that National Socialism was firmly established. They decided to take up their activity beyond our borders. That does not mean they have given up on Germany. They believe their hour may not be near, but that it will eventually come. And of course, Goebbels intends the Jews. And he doesn't talk about their hour, meaning the hour of their destruction. He's talking about the hour of their reconquest. They do all they can to cause the Reich, domestic, and international difficulties. These pacifists from head to toe, meaning they don't fight their own battles, they never have. These pacifists from head to toe do not even hesitate to urge bloody war against Germany in the foreign papers that are not yet wise enough to refuse them the space. Well, It's hard to refuse them the space when they own all the foreign papers. One cannot make sense of this situation without understanding the significance of the racial or Jewish question. And I would say that just as one cannot see what is happening today in the rest of the Christian nations and again in Germany without that same understanding. The National Socialist Government Also, cannot ignore it. Our laws suffer hard and often unjustified criticism abroad, above all from international Jewry itself. But one should not forget that dealing with the Jewish question through legal means was the best approach. Or should the government have followed the principles of democracy and majority rule and let the people themselves solve the problem? Now, this is a rhetorical question Goebbels is asking. And, of course, if the government let the people themselves solve the problem, it would have led to major pogroms. The fatal error, in my estimation, that Hitler and Goebbels made was not to destroy the Jews. Rather, as we see here in Goebbels' speech, they were given every opportunity to leave peaceably. Not all of them left, but a great number of them did. History has never had a revolution less bloody, more disciplined, and more orderly than ours. In attempting to deal with the Jewish question and to approach the matter legally for the first time in Europe's history, we are only following the spirit of the age. Defending against the Jewish danger is only part of our plan. When it becomes the only issue when National Socialism is discussed, that is Jewry's fault and not ours. Of course, the Jewish media is always Jew-centric. It has attempted to mobilize the world against us in the secret hope of winning back the territory it has lost. And that is precisely what happened. But Goebbels knew it immediately. He knew it in 1933. The hope is not only in vain, it also carries with it a series of dangers and difficulties for Jewry itself. It cannot prevent arguments throughout the world, not only against our policies, but also for them. The discussing has taken on an extent that both in the immediate and distant future could have extraordinarily unpleasant consequences for the Jewish race. The man was a visionary. Richard Wagner once called the Jews the plastic demon of decomposition. And Theodore Momsen meant the same when he saw them as the ferment of decomposition. In contrast, the Aryan sees himself as a creative creature. Let me say that Theodor Momsen was a German classical scholar and, and a polymath. There may be certain tragedy inherent in the nature of the Jews, but is it our fault that this race works destructively among the peoples and is a constant danger to their domestic and international security? as Paul of Tarsus insisted, that they were contrary to all mankind. Their tragedy is one of genealogy. Their destructiveness is innate. Paul also described them as vessels of destruction. Imagine that. And that is exactly how they have always behaved. The fundamental differences between the two races were responsible for repeated explosions during the November years, the Weimar years of 18, 1918 to 1933. It's interesting to me that this use of November, the November label for German Jewish communists, as um, Goebbels uses it often. As long as the Jews remain anonymous, they are secure. Of course, they wouldn't want to be called November. November. The moment they lose their anonymity, the racial problem became acute and required a suitable solution. We certainly do not hold the Jews solely to blame for the German spiritual and economic catastrophe. We all know the other causes that led to the decline of our people. However, we have the courage to recognize their role in the process and to name them by name. The Jews' success is in, anonymity is in, people not knowing, not realizing that they're all Jews. Just like the American public today doesn't realize that Hollywood is totally controlled by Jews. Every major studio, every single one, the mass media is practically totally controlled by Jews. Even where people are said to be non-Jews who are in the top positions, like Rupert Murdoch, well, his number two man is Peter Chernin, and he's a Jew. If indeed Rupert Murdoch is not a Jew, when you see a non-Jew figurehead, in a rare media company at the top, such as at NBC, you'll still see all Jews in all the major positions in all of the, the um, editorial and, and, and policy directing positions. It's incredible. It was difficult for a time to persuade the people of this for public opinion, this is Germany in the 1920s, was entirely in Jewish hands. During Weimar Germany, the Jews controlled the entire media, just like they have in America for a 100 years. On a Berlin stage run by the Jews, a steel helmet bearing the words, away with the filth, meaning the German soldier, soldier was swept into the dust heap. The Jew gumble said the dead of the war had fallen on the field of dishonor. The Jew Lessing compared Hindenburg with the mass murderer Harmon. The Jew Toller said heroism was the most stupid ideal. The Jew Arnold Zweig spoke of the German people as a horde that needed to be unmasked, as the animalistic power of the eternal Bosch which is a slang and derogatory term for a German. And as a nation of newspaper readers, a herd of voters, businessmen, murderers, marchers, operetta lovers, and bureaucratic cadavers. So Goebbels gives a whole list of of Jews in high places in the entertainment industry in Germany who despise German people. The Jews likewise despise original American culture and they despise true American patriots and heroes and they kick them around in their movies and then on their television every day. The same thing was going on in Weimar, Germany. The Jews here express that despite for the founders of American culture every day, continually in their media and entertainments. They were doing the same thing to the heroes fallen in the First World War in Germany and to the icons and pillars of the German nation. Back to Goebbels. Is it surprising that the German Revolution also broke this unbearable yoke when one further considers the alienation of German intellectual life by international Jewry. It's corruption of German justice that finally led to the fact that only one out of every five judges was German. Sound familiar? The takeover of the medical profession, their predominance among university professors. In short, the fact that nearly all intellectual professions were dominated by the Jews. One has to grant that no people with any self-esteem could tolerate that for long. It was only an act of national renewal when the National Socialist Revolution took action in this area. And that is all true. And we had the same situation here today. We've had it here for 60 years. And they didn't get there on their merits. They got there because they operate as a crime ring. They appoint each other into these positions. They favor each other purposely, all the while claiming to be an oppressed and persecuted minority. The difference between America in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s is Americans were displaced from these positions, and even earlier than that in many instances. And Germany is that American self-esteem, it's a slodged slodged with a new BlackBerry or a new 4x4. The empty rewards of consumerism. People abroad often do not know the real causes of German-Jewish legislation. The statistics are most persuasive. Nonetheless, we held back at the beginning of our work We had more important things than to take on a question of such great scope. It is entirely the fault of Jewry that things turned out differently. The boycott and atrocity propaganda they made in other countries was an attempt by international Jewry to accomplish by means of public opinion in other countries what what had been made impossible by our, meaning the National Socialist take over in Germany. They attempted to cause difficulties for Germany's rebirth through a worldwide boycott campaign and to render it ineffective. This worldwide boycott campaign was announced, and it was led by Samuel Untermeyer and the Jews of New York. We finally resorted to a counter-boycott during that critical period. The fact that their racial comrades still in Germany suffered losses thanks to their racial comrades beyond our borders, who were trying to cause difficulties for us. They only caused economic difficulties for their own race. We can predict the future consequences for Jewry. We have not done anything to encourage them. They are simply the product of the times. Many clever Jews have already realized what they have done, above all to those remaining in Germany who were the most directly affected. They shouted their warnings, but they could not overcome the radical radical wing and in the end had to let things take their course for better or worse. This radical wing has delivered an extraordinarily hard blow to world Jewry and its allies. They put the Jewish problem up for debate. And where it is debated, the the results can only be unpleasant. Jewry's strength is in its anonymity. If it loses that, the results can only be harmful. And this is why, I would assert, that we see the continual lies that Jewry is only 3% of the population. And that's repeated over and over again. I would assert, that only 3% of the population go to synagogues. There were probably 10 or 15% of the population that are Jews here in America today. The recent Zionist conference in Paris shows the hopeless situation world Jewry has been driven into by its radical wing. I'd like to know why Zionist conferences aren't considered racist. When one of the various Jewish groups is no longer united, when there are only fruitless debates, it is a sign that Jewish power is on shaky ground that is already beginning to have consequences for Jewry. These events reveal the racial problem in all its difficulty. It will not fade away until Europe's people solve it. It It will be solved when the people for their own good do that which is necessary for their security. Our country still faces a world boycott by international Jewry, even if it is not as open as it was earlier. And we are still threatened by a cleverly thought out and systematically executed world conspiracy. The fight against young Germany is a fight by the second and third internationals against our authoritarian state. And Goebbels is asserting that Jewry is communism. And that is true. The countries that tolerate or promote it, sometimes in a mistaken belief that they are thus reducing troublesome German competition on the world market, are bringing upon themselves in their future a danger that we, meaning the German people, have overcome. They can do what they want. Germany has overcome the danger. It has taken radical steps to drive out Bolshevism and its ideological content, along with its racially linked concepts. Bolshevism is also Jewish. Bolshevism is anti-white racism in practice, and Goebbels recognize that. Bolshevism is the political expression of the Talmud, And Goebbels recognized that, even if he didn't say it explicitly. If our battle against anarchy results in the racial problem becoming a world problem, that was not our intention, but it is fine with us. The conspiracy being forged against Germany will not lead to our destruction, but it will inevitably open the eyes of all the people of the world. And hopefully we pray soon. Like Hitler, Goebbels had an enduring faith that good would prevail over evil. Good shall indeed prevail over evil, just not at our convenience. Let me in closing say a few words about the measures we are taking against the world propaganda directed against us. It is clear that such a major campaign against Germany's peace and security cannot go unanswered. World propaganda against us will be answered with world propaganda for us. We know what propaganda is, its power, its ways and means. We did not learn it in school, but became its masters while doing practical work. Today I would say that All we learn in propaganda is propaganda in school. (laughs) But we just don't learn it to the full extent just what propaganda is while we were in school. Our untiring educational campaign succeeded in uniting Catholics and Protestants. Farmers, the middle class, and workers, Bavarians and Prussians into a unified German people. We we united the power of persuasion with the power of the idea. We depended only on ourselves, conquering the state with the power of faith and the power of the word. Who cannot believe that we will succeed in persuading the world of the integrity of our actions? I don't think Goebbels understood the extent to which the Jews controlled the entire Western media. A calm presentation of our case may not win love, but it will at least win growing respect. The truth is always stronger than the lie. The truth about Germany will get through to the other nations. Also in respect to the racial question, we have done what is necessary and therefore have fulfilled our duty. We do not need to fear the world's judgment. The world is cordially invited to send its journalists and representatives to Germany so that they can see for themselves the courage and determination of the government and people to remove the last remnants of the war and the November revolt. And to introduce a balance of power that will guarantee Germany a secure existence, honor, and its daily bread. No one who sees this nation at work can have doubts about its future. The more foreigners visit us, the more friends young Germany will win. It's true that journalists, especially during the um, 36 Olympics in Berlin, did bring back many positive reports about Germany and its success and its economic success, but they were always painted in a negative light. Those same journalists went to the Soviet Union during that period They were shown exhibits rather than life, and they brought back gushing reports about the workers' paradise. They report on their agendas and not on their intelligence. Our foreign situation today is identical to our domestic situation when we began. Those who attended our meetings then we're struck by the crass contrast between what the enemy newspapers wrote about us and what we actually were. Visitors to Germany today have the same experience. Their experiences will be the beginning of respect. Any fair-thinking and objective person, Goebbels expected the press to be fair-thinking and objective, wherever he may come from will find a people and a government trying to overcome the difficulties of the post-war period by its own strength and who are attacking the problems they face with hard manly pride. We need to show the world that we want, what we once showed the other parties. We never lose our nerve. Modesty, clarity, firmness, and decency are the virtues that our kind of German thinking wants to see in the world. There is nothing that is impossible. That which seems impossible can be made possible by the power of the spirit. Germany will not founder on the racial question. To the contrary, the future of our people depends on solving it. As in so many other areas, here we also shall be pathfinders for the world. Our revolution is of igno- enormous significance. We want to, f- we wanted to find the key to world history in the solution of the racial question. We, in Christian identity, should know. The truth of this last statement to its fullest extent. The world still hasn't seen it. I admired Goebbels and I admired Adolf Hitler's constant optimism and confidence in their mission and confidence that they were on the side of justice, and they were. They always were. But the whole world lies under the power of the devil, and we operate on Yahweh's time clock, and not on our own. It just wasn't meant to be for Germany. But it's good that we, today, can look back and preserve these records, and preserve these attitudes for that day when our people finally do wake up. And we have that promise, too. The Creators of the World's Misfortunes by Joseph Goebbels. This was an article. It was dated January 21, 1945. The translator says that Goebbels makes his last lengthy published attack on the Jews whom he claims are responsible for the misery caused by the war. The Judaized translator also says that there are hints hints of the Holocaust in Goebbels' words, and that is a lie. It's an absolute lie. All Goebbels mentions is the expulsion of Jews from Germany in in, in this paper. There are no hints of the Holocaust here. It's a damn shame the Holocaust didn't happen. I read the first paragraph of the speech on Carolyn Yeager's Heretics Hour last Monday. Like most of what Goebbels warned us about the Jews, it is absolutely true to this very day. And even at the dawn of defeat, Goebbels was optimistic that good would prevail. His tone is always optimistic, which I don't see as a sign of weakness, I see as a sign of faith. I don't see it as a sign of naivety. These men knew the danger. But the good German looks his challenges in the face and does his best to overcome them. When we don't overcome them, we don't whine like sissies or like Jews. One could not understand this war. if one did not always keep in mind the fact that international Jewry stands behind all the unnatural forces that united our enemies used to attempt to deceive the world and keep humanity in the dark. And that's what they do. That's exactly what they do. It is, so to speak, the mortar that holds the enemy coalition firmly together, despite its differences of class, ideology, and interests. I would have to interject that gold is thicker than blood. Capitalism and Bolshevism have the same Jewish roots, two branches of the same tree that in the end bear the same fruit. And may I interject that, the free enterprise system that this nation was founded on is not capitalism. Capitalism is ravenous. Capitalism depends on usury. And capitalism is destructive. Free enterprise is none of those things. Capitalism is indeed Jewish. International Jewry uses both in its own way to suppress the nations and keep them in its service. How deep its influence on public opinion is in all the enemy countries and many neutral nations is plain to see that it may never be mentioned in newspapers, speeches, and radio broadcasts. There is a law in the Soviet Union that punishes anti-Semitism, or in plain English, public education about the Jewish question, by death. The expert in these matters is in no way surprised that a leading spokesman for the Kremlin said over the new year, 1945, that the Soviet Union would not rest until this law was valid throughout the world. In other words, the enemy clearly says that its goal in this war is to put the total domination of Jewry over the nations of the earth under legal protection and to threaten even a discussion of the shameful attempt with the death penalty. And we see that they have attempted to do that very thing. And they succeeded in Europe. You cannot criticize the Jews in Europe. Not openly. You can't criticize them in Canada. Not openly. You can't criticize them anywhere. You could still criticize them here. And they're trying to get those hate speech laws, that hate speech legislation passed here too. And they keep trying. And Goebbels is, again, a visionary. He knew that this was coming. He knew that this was what they wanted to do. And may I add that Stalin's alleged anti-Semitism is itself Jewish propaganda. Back to Goebbels. It is a little different in the plutocratic nations. That's what he's calling us. That's what we are, plutocratic nations. We're controlled by wealth and not by the people. and and the government policies, which are continually contrary to the people and their interests, proves that. There, the struggle against the impudent usurpation of the Jewish race is not punished by the executioner, but rather by death through economic and social boycott and by intellectual terror. This has the same effect in the end. Stalin, Churchill, and Roosevelt were made by Jewry. They enjoy its full support and reward it with their full protection. They present themselves in their speeches as upright men of civil courage, yet one never hears even a word against the Jews, even though there is growing hatred among their people as a result of this war, a hatred that is fully justified. It never really took took root here in America. Jewry is a taboo theme, in the enemy countries. It stands outside every legal boundary and thus becomes the tyrant of its host peoples." Did the same thing in ancient Rome. While enemy soldiers fight, bleed, and die at the front, the Jews make money from their sacrifice on the stock exchanges and black markets. If a brave man dares to step forward and accuse the Jews of their crimes, he will be mocked and spat on by their press, chased from his job or otherwise impoverished, and he brought into, and be brought into public contempt. Even that is apparently not enough for the Jews. They want to bring Soviet conditions to the whole world, giving Jewry absolute power and freedom from prosecution. We've seen that in America today. These Jewish bankers, these Jewish CEOs, have looted and pillaged American taxpayers for the next hundred years. And who knows what they'll add to that next year. And they're beyond prosecution. He who objects or even debates the matter gets a bullet in the back of his head or an axe through his neck. There is no worse tyranny than this. This is the epitome of the public and secret disgrace that Jewry inflicts on the nations that deserve freedom. And we've seen it over and over again. The last notable example being Jack Kennedy. That is all long behind us. This is January 1945, and Goebbels is still very optimistic. Yet it still threatens us in the distance. We have, it is true, entirely broken the power of the Jews and the Reich, but they have not given up. They did not rest until they had mobilized the whole world against us. Since they could no longer conquer Germany from within, they want to try it from without. And I must say that for a thousand years, they could not conquer Christendom from without, so they eventually corrupted it from within. Every Russian, English, and American soldier is a mercenary of this world conspiracy of a parasitic race. Given the current state of the war, who could still believe that they are fighting and dying at the front for the national interest of their countries? The nations want a decent peace, but the Jews are against it. They know that the end of the war would mean the dawning of humanity's knowledge of the unhealthy role that international Jewry played in preparing for and carrying out this war. They fear being unmasked, which has in fact become unavoidable and must inevitably come just as the day follows the night. That's why the Cold War was engineered to prevent this. That explains their raging bursts of hatred against us, which are only the result of their fear and their feelings of inferiority. They are too eager, and that makes them suspicious. International Jewry will not succeed in turning this war to its advantage. Things are already too far along. The hour will come in which all the peoples of the earth will awake, and the Jews will be the victims. Here, too, things can only go so far. Goebbels was very optimistic there. We're still awaiting that hour. But it is the promise of Christian Christianity. And it will come. It is an old, often used method of international Jewry to discredit education and knowledge about its corrupting nature and drives, thereby depending on the weaknesses of those people who easily confuse cause with effect. The Jews are also masters at manipulating public opinion which they dominate through their network of news agencies and press concerns that reaches throughout the world. Today they just own them all. The pitiful illusion of a free press is one of the methods they use to stupefy the publics of enemy lands. If the enemy press is as free as it pretends to be, Let it take an open position for or against on a Jewish question. It will not do that because it cannot and may not do so. The Jews love to mock and criticize everything except themselves, although everyone knows that they are most in need of public criticism. This is where the so-called freedom of the press in enemy countries ends. And it's still that way today. Newspapers, parliaments, statesmen, and church leaders must be silent here. Crimes and vices, filth and corruption are covered by the blanket of love. The Jews have total control of public opinion in enemy countries. And he who has that is also the master of all public life. Only the nations that have to accept such a condition are to be pitied. The Jews mislead them into believing that the German nation is backwards, just like they mislead the American public today into believing that the average white family out in rural America is backwards. If you don't have two Negro grandchildren and buy into the stream of sewerage, that it comes through those televisions and movies every day, then you're backwards. Our alleged backwardness is actually proof of our progress. We have recognized the Jews as a national and international danger, and from this knowledge have drawn compelling conclusions. This German knowledge will become the knowledge of the world at the end of this war. We think it our primary duty to do everything in our power to make that happen. Humanity would sink into eternal darkness. It would fall into a dull and primitive state were the Jews to win this war. They are the incarnation of that destructive force that in these terrible years has guided the enemy war leadership in a fight against all that we see as noble, beautiful, and worth keeping. For that reason alone, the Jews hate us. They despise our culture and learning which they perceive as towering over their nomadic worldview. They fear our economic and social standards, which leave no room for their parasitic drives. They are the enemy of our domestic order, which has excluded their anarchistic tendencies. Germany is the first nation in the world that is entirely free of the Jews. That is the prime cause of its political and economic balance. Since their expulsion from the German national body has made it impossible for them to shake this balance from within, they lead the nations they have deceived in battle against us from without. It is fine with them. In fact, it is part of their plan that Europe in the process will lose a a large part of its cultural values. The Jews had no part in their creation. They do not understand them. A deep racial instinct tells them that since these heights of human creative activity are forever beyond their reach, they must attack them today with hatred. The day is not distant when the nations of Europe, yes, even those of the whole world, will shout, the Jews are guilty for all our misfortunes. They must be called to account and soon... And thoroughly. And what Goebbels is saying about the Jews in Germany in the 1940s, they did hear at the same time, and it continued through the 1970s, and it continues on to this day. They have destroyed, if you want to call it, classical American culture. They've destroyed our folk music, they replaced it with country hip hop. They've destroyed our classical music. They've ridiculed all of the elements of higher Western civilization. And they've destroyed them, and they've replaced them with niggers. They've replaced them with babble. They've replaced them with sewerage. There's no doubt. Look at the television. Look at the movies. Look at what's appreciated as art today and it's trash, and it's crammed down our throats every single day. Germany woke up and tried to prevent that. Today, the German people, the German culture is again destroyed, and it's replaced with a cheap imitation of American pop culture. It's Jewish culture is what it is. Pop culture is Jewish culture. It's garbage. It's the opposite of everything noble and everything beautiful. International Jewry is ready with its alibi. Just as during the Great Reckoning in Germany, they will attempt to look innocent and say that one needs a scapegoat, and they are it. But that will no longer help them just as it did not help them during the National Socialist Revolution. The proof of their historical guilt in details, large and small, is so plain that it can no longer be denied, even with the most clever lies and hypocrisy. Well, it was, cl- it was plain to the leaders of Germany. But the people of America and Britain and Canada and the rest of the West are still sleeping, and the German people... Have been re-educated and anesthetized once again. Who is it that drives the Russians, the English, and the Americans into battle and sacrifices huge numbers of human lives in a hopeless struggle against the German people? The Jews. Their newspapers and radio broadcasts spread the songs of war while the nations they have deceived are led to the slaughter. Who is it that invents new plans of hatred and destruction against us every day, making this war into a dreadful case of self-mutilation and self-destruction of European life and its economy and education and culture? The Jews, who devised the unnatural marriage between England and the USA on one side and Bolshevism on the other, building it up and jealously ensuring its continuance. Who covers the most perverse political situations with cynical hypocrisy from a trembling fear that a new way could lead the nations to realize the true causes of this terrible human catastrophe? The Jews, only the Jews. They are named Morgenthau and Lehman, and stand behind Roosevelt as a so-called brain trust. They are named Mache and Sassoon and serve as Churchill's money bags and order givers. They are named Kivanovich and Ehrenberg, and are Stalin's pace-setters and intellectual spokesmen. Wherever you look, you see Jews. They march as political commissars behind the Red Army and organize murder and terror in the areas conquered by the Soviets. They sit behind the lines in Paris and Brussels Rome and Athens, and fashion their reins from the skin of the unhappy nations that have fallen under their power. That is the truth. It can no longer be denied. Well, there's many people still denying it, I'd hate to say. Particularly since in their drunken joy of power and victory, the Jews have forgotten their ordinarily so carefully maintained reserve and now stand in the spotlight of public opinion. The Jews won World War II. They no longer bother, apparently believing that it is no longer necessary that their hour has come, and this is their mistake, which they always make when they think themselves near their great goal of anonymous world domination. Throughout the history of the nations, whenever this tragic situation developed, A good providence saw to it that the Jews themselves became the grave diggers of their own hopes. They did not destroy the healthy peoples, but rather the sting of their parasitic effects brought the realization of the looming danger to the forefront and led to the greatest sacrifices to overcome it. At a certain point, they become that power that always wants evil but creates good. In other words, they self-destruct. It will be that way this time, too. And this, again, proves that there was no Holocaust. Well, it would have been nice, but evidently, Goebbels' hopes have been delayed. Today, we still pray that they shall be realized soon. The fact that the German nation was first on earth to recognize this danger and expel it from its organism is proof of its healthy instincts. Of course, Goebbels is speaking about the modern age, the post-liberalism age, the age following the French Revolution, right? The post-enlightenment age might be a better term for it. The Jews were expelled several hundred times from just about every place in Europe before the French Revolution. The fact that the German nation was the first on earth to recognize this danger and expel it, expel it from its organism is proof of its healthy instincts. It's called self-preservation, right? It therefore became the leader of a world struggle whose results will determine the fate and future of international Jewry. We view with complete calm the wild Old Testament tirades of hatred and revenge of Jews throughout the world against us. It's too bad Goebbels didn't realize that the Old Testament did not belong to the impostors now known as Jews. However, if the line is read carefully, it may be realized that he is not truly crediting them. They are only proof that we are on the right path. They cannot unsettle us. We gaze on them with sovereign contempt and remember that these outbursts of hate and revenge were everyday events for us in Germany, until that fateful day for international Jewry, the 30th of January, 1933, when the world revolution against the Jews had, that threatened them not only in Germany, but all the other nations began. And, and I must say that I'm sure that Goebbels had in mind that if the people of the other nations had observed German prosperity and the success of the German economy without the Jews, they may have followed suit. They sure as hell should have. It will not cease before it has reached its goal. The truth cannot be stopped by lies or force. It will get through. Many years too late, but it got through. The Jews will meet their canet at the end of this world, At the end of this war. At the end of this war. Goebbels was the eternal optimist. Cannae was the great loss by the Romans at the hand of Hannibal, whose forces were greatly outnumbered. Not Europe, but rather they will lose. And in that statement, Goebbels sees Europe as being in the interests of Germany and Germany fighting for all of Europe, which was true, even if the rest of Europe didn't realize it. They may laugh at this prophecy today, but they have laughed so often in the past And almost as often, they stopped laughing sooner or later. Not only do we know precisely what we want, but we also know precisely what we do not want. The deceived nations of the earth may still lack the knowledge they need, but we will bring it to them. How will the Jews stop that in the long run? Well, of course, they can't, not with the Internet. They believe their power rests on sure foundations but it stands on feet of clay. One hard blow and it will collapse, burying the creators of the misfortunes of the world in its ruins. This is the Christian promise. Unfortunately, the time was not 1945. Unfortunately, Goebbels and Hitler, that their optimism, well, I don't want to say it came to naught, but their goals are certainly delayed. The fate of Jews lies in the hands of God. And the creator of the universe is not going to let evil get away with evil forever. It's just not going to happen. This world was not created for Jewish domination. This world was not created to exist in perversion and the distortions of nature which lie in the Jewish mind. We have a promise of an awakening found in Scripture. And we know not what vehicle it shall arrive in. As long as the white race remains conscious of the Jews' propaganda, I'm sorry, as long as the the white race remains unconscious of the Jews' propaganda they shall remain the Jews' slaves. But as I said, we have that promise of an awakening. I'll take calls if anybody wants to call. That's the end of my presentation on Joseph Goebbels. I'd like to talk about Goebbels for, for a long time. He, he, was, a, um, he was a man with, with a lot of depth to his knowledge and, and a lot of foresight and, and a lot of insight. And there's no doubt about it. He knew what the Jews were all about. I, I don't think that he and, and, and Adolf Hitler understood the extent to which the Jews could control the people of the West for so long. I think a lot of that was the subversion, and, and this began with the Bullinger Bible and the Schofield Bible 50 years, at least 50, 60 years before World War II. This began with the subversion of American Christianity by the Jews. There was a time when Christians knew that the Jews were the children of the devil. There is documentary evidence that Christians knew that the Jews were devils. But with the Federal Reserve Act in 1913, And with the corruption of American society, with Jewish money, Satan was transformed into an angel of light. And the Jews became God's chosen people. And beyond all criticism, I don't think Goebbels and Hitler understood the extent to which that false religion of Jewry controlled the American mind. The mind of the general American public. It still has that control today. The average American Protestant really does believe that the Jew is God's chosen people. And the Jew is the Antichrist. The Jew is, as Joseph Goebbels told us, the creator of the world's misfortunes. As long as Christians let evil prevail, evil will enslave Christians. And that's the situation that we have in the world today. there's no doubt
1: hey bill hey.
0: hello Matt how you doing
1: Oh pretty good i wish i uh I wish I knew more about Joseph Goebbels wish i uh you know had read more um, the the little bit that I had read about him before um, you know it, it gave me at least some sort of an insight to. Um uh, You know to how he thought, but i you know among all the other things that that uh, i've I've read and researched, obviously uh, I really haven't had a chance to to read up on his endeavors too much, but what i've been hearing here lately, i mean he seems to be a pretty a pretty faithful fellow.
0: Well, while he was extremely insightful, he, he was intelligent and he knew a great deal of what was going on. He had a great deal of insight into the way the Jews subverted and corrupted societies. But they also saw that. They saw that during the rule of Kaiser Wilhelm, they saw the treachery that the Jews pulled in Germany during World War One. These men witnessed it; they were conscious of it. They saw what happened with, with the Jewish communist revolts of the the Novembers, as as um, Goebbels calls them. He, he calls them the November the, the Novemberites, and and, um, and they they saw that the Jews tried to plunge Germany into Bolshevism and into the same state that the the, the people of Russia suffered under Bolshevik control, that the Jews tried to do that to Germany, and the SPD stood in the way, thankfully, because they were very sympathetic to communism, but but they didn't want to deal with the Bolsheviks, and and, um, that they saw the Jewish destruction of Germany during the Weimar Republic. Even right? when the Jews couldn't, could, even when the Jews could not plunge Germany into a state of, of you know the Bolshevik Russia was in, they were still able to do much damage and spread all their filth and all their pornography and drugs and, and sexual perversion and, and all their garbage during the Weimar years, they had total control that they had a total ability to do that.
1: And and the thing is, is that you know, the, there is only one truth, and you know this this goes back to the scriptural teachings of a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump, and the it's not hard when when you're able to to look at our even our recent history um, with World War Two and being able to see how easily. The Jews are able to deceive us, period, because of their inherent nature to lie. And the the thing is, you know, when, when white people try to imagine why blacks do what they do, why Jews do what they do, why muds do what they do, it, it always comes with, well, I, you know, I just don't understand. Well, no kidding, you don't understand, because... They don't think like us. They don't act like us. These things that we feel inherent in us are not inherent in them. These people can speak a lie quicker than we can make an effort to speak the truth. And it comes out of them like it is the truth. And because our our people are very worldly, you know, they're, they're very easy to accept simply what they, is being presented to them. You know, they want, we want to believe people when they tell us something. But when, we don't, when our people don't have the understanding that the, the people who are telling us these things are natural liars, you know, that's not what we want to hear. We want to hear that it's not going to take any effort for us to learn the truth. That someone can just tell us something, we'll accept it verbatim, and that's the way it's going to be, and that's why we're in the position we're in now.
0: Well, well it seems like that's the way we're trained up from school. That's we're not trained to um, question our teachers in school. We're trained to accept what we're told, and 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 that there's no alternative.
1: Right. The whole concept of uh, questioning authority. Now, you know that that's kind of that's been a double-edged sword that's where, you know, the, the concept of questioning authority, it should be questioning man's authority, but it turns out that man has been questioning God's authority.
0: Well, well that's absolutely true, but we, we liberalism has destroyed the idea of God's authority, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the last time I, I talked to uh, uh, one of these state uh counselors um this guy which you know he looked white i had no idea whether he was or he or or he wasn't i really didn't care especially after he uttered the words well in these days man trumps god and I, i could only look at well i just pretty much looked at him in disbelief and shook my head and and that was pretty much the end of our conversation
0: Well, well, right. It's it's sick that man could think that you know he he can he can trump God. But the people that say that don't really believe that there is one. That they don't right. believe there's a creator. That they right. think that man could master the creation, and man is only an element of it.
1: Right, and it, and it's sad because people like my own mother will tell me to my face, and and I'm sure that the. Other people's faces that, uh, oh well, you know the religion and 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 the Bible that was just made up by man because they needed to, you know, man needed to come up with an excuse as to why they were created. And that well, just well, right. And, and the scoffers
0: won't examine the 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 scoffers won't examine the Bible in in order to be able to gain the knowledge that. That's not the way it is.
2: Well, hi, guys. That they
0: won't. Hello, Carolyn. How are you doing?
2: Hi, so Carolyn. You know, I'm hanging on. Is this Mike? Yes. I was so busy trying to figure out how to use it, do this call that uh, I didn't uh, catch that. Hi, Mike. That's Matt. Oh, it's Matt. Oh, yes. I, I I this is not Mike uh, ProThink, Mike. No, no. no. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hi, Matt.
0: No, Mike has Mike has his handful with with um three kids. I I don't know if he's going to be able to call in. Okay, okay. Well,
2: I had some comments, well, had some comments on on, comments on what on... you. And now I'm hearing some uh some feedback, but I've got my headphones on on what you um, some of the things you said, Bill. So when Bill. you get around to that.
0: Well, well, free. be my guest. Be my guest. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh well, I don't want to interrupt, Matt. but Go I on, did, Carolyn.
1: <laughs> this, this is just a open discussion.
2: Okay. Well, you know, I, of course, I like th- this uh, program tonight very much, and I uh, always like to hear Joseph Goebbels talking and what he has to say. And what really, what really stuck out to me most was uh, when you said that uh, Jewish strength is in its anonymity, and I think that's something that. Probably should be talked about uh, over and over and over again because that's exactly well that that even would counteract the anonymity. I mean the the idea that they don't want us to talk about things and you brought that out a lot, Bill. Uh, they don't want us to talk about what they're doing, what they are, anything, and that's why they use all these laws uh, saying that it's anti-Semitic. If we and who cares? But too many people do. Uh, If we, uh, you know, if things are said, because they don't want anything said. So we have to, the best thing we can do is to just talk about them as much as possible and point out all the things that they're up to. And that's what I think partly what uh, Goebbels was always doing. He was trying to make it clear to the people, uh, you know, not not let this whole question kind of hide in the shadows while they're busy doing all their damage.
0: Well, well, that's absolutely right. We need to do that. We need to point it out all the time. A Jew owns that newspaper. That magazine's a Jewish magazine. That magazine has well, Jews on the, its editorial board. Yeah, not not just
2: yet, you saying know, it, that it's, Jews, but saying what they're doing, what the Jews well, are well, doing. Well, right, right, yeah, right. But to make yeah. people
0: think, to make people think, you, you know, that this, that all these people are Jews and they all have this same agenda. Multiculturalism, um, nigger rap music, that they're promoting it all the time. It's the most degrading form of music, and, and, and it, it glorifies criminality. And it glorifies the the, um, the degenerate black urban culture. I, I, it's not even a culture. It's an anti-culture, right? It, it glorifies all of that. It, it takes the scum of the earth and, and brings it to the – they try to push it to the pinnacle of society. And that's you know well that I, has think, to be I think we important.
2: have to be real specific, you know because if we just keep saying, well, the jews are you know we just keep saying the Jews, even if we point out what they're doing, people will say, well, it's not all jews and and uh, well, you know, how do you know that they're Jews or this or that uh so i I think we need to be real specific, and like say this particular Jewish person. Is behind this, and this particular Jewish person is behind this, and these Jews have just been arrested for this, and these. And it, I mean, there's every day there's there's stories about Jewish crime, but they're kind of hidden. I mean, you know, most people are not looking at them.
1: Right. Well, the the issue, Carolyn, is um, if for all those people out there who you know will make that comment, well, not all Jews can be bad, and this and that. And you know, kind of stepping toward what you're saying of of pointing out specific Jews. I personally don't think that actually would really even be the right way to go about it, because then you're substantiating the the idea that well, it's only certain Jews that do this, and that is well, what
0: dual
1: line Christian well, identity. I, I don't, is all yeah, about.
2: I don't I don't think I'm I'm interrupting. I can't wait to talk. I guess I don't think that. Uh, would necessarily do that because I think people need to know exact people. You know, it has to be somebody, it has to be real. You know, naming people is a good idea. They don't want to be named. Uh, If if you just talk about Jews, then they can say, oh, these are just anti-Semites, you know, Jew haters, oh, we're being persecuted again. But point out the exact thing that exact people are doing. I mean there's tons of it. I mean of course you can't do it all the time, but like you were just mentioning your mother or something, I think, and uh talking to your mother, you might try that with your mother or with any person who you who you're close to who is not really getting the message.
1: Right. Well my 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 point, Carolyn, is, is simply that, you know, to <sighs> yeah I understand exactly where you're coming from by, with the, the whole generality of of talking about the Jews. to me it's it's uh, six, one, half dozen of the other. Either way, you do it, whether you point them out specifically or or you're talking about them generally. But if you don't give people the foundational understanding of who the Jews are, and that is the explanation for their behavior, why they do what they do and the explanation that, you know what, there can't be any good Jews. It's not just a few Jews that are ruining for the rest of them. It, it shows and it proves who they are and why they do what they do and how none of them can be included and how they all can be excluded.
2: Yeah, well, you're talking about Christian identity. And that's of course this world the program tonight. But since Bill was reading from Goebbels and uh getting into G- Jewish crimes and well on the program that he did with me on Monday night, uh we were he brought up a lot of Jewish crimes and we were talking about that. Uh so I'm I'm thinking in terms of uh of uh people um who I I'm thinking in terms of just the general Population, Not particularly going back into all that history, but just pointing out to them, uh, you know, to get rid of this anonymity that the Jews are. Uh, you know, that's where I started from, this, this anonymity that, that it's, we're just talking in general about Jews and this and that. But to point out, uh, like uh, another thing Bill was talking about, mentioned, and I took a note of it, was uh, how they make money from war. You know how uh, Goebbels was saying how, well, while the uh, Europeans were fighting and dying, they were all making money from it. Now, this is still going on. And this, I think, is very, very damning to the average non Christian identity person. And they, uh, you know, if you point, if you get all that information clear in your mind, you and then you can say things about it um, to people and you can point out how they're doing this. this, nobody can accept anything like that.
1: Right. Well, I mean, it, 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 all, it all takes a good amount of time. And when you're discussing any of this with, with anyone who obviously is not at least Jew savvy, I mean, you're, you're, um, you're kind of taking things into your own hands with uh, hoping that you're starting off on the right foot, when you when you go to discuss these things with people um, it, it it's it's easy to to say well it, it would you know it would be people would understand if you go about it this way or you go about it this way it, it's just it's really a tough subject to really discuss with people obviously you know that we all know that and uh, if it if it was if it was as simple as being able to, um, you know, point out specific incidences in history and, and say, well, this specific Jew by this name did this and did this. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it will certainly bring up valid points in people's minds, but we're, you're always going to be running back into the issue of, well, okay, so that was, you know, that was just a couple of bad Jews. Not all Jews can be bad. But I guess um, I, I guess from, from your point of view though, that's a, a good way to start because then once it gets to that point where the discussion goes to, okay, well, you know, not all Jews can be bad, if you're able to keep the discussion going with this person or group of people, then yes, then you can dip into the the, the long history of the Jew and, and the biblical and, and scriptural um Facts that surround the Jews themselves, and it's a good way then to describe what a a Jew really is.
0: Well, well what we need, I, I think that the medium here is that what we really need is more easily understood propaganda. We need our own propaganda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah. I'm not a propaganda type guy, but we need, um, Sound bites and 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 quick easy images that people could absorb and understand. And we need to put them all over the damn place. We yes. need to put them everywhere. We need to put the same images and, and easy propaganda on all of our websites. you know, with the Jew as the target, what to, would to wake people up to the the fact that the Jews are absconding they've absconded our entire economy our entire society that they've destroyed our culture
2: the crimes are just outrageous and they're so bad that you cannot imagine that people are not up in arms I mean I don't know how they can tolerate it like knowing that we are going to wars that all these uh, Aryan men and women are dying but mostly the men uh, the women shouldn't even be going. Uh, that's another stupid thing. But, uh, you know, all, and, and we know that they're making money from it. It's talked about all the time. So why do we all just sit around? Well, I realize that nobody knows what to do, but uh, we, uh, you know, this has to be talked about. This, this is what has to be brought out. Uh, I, think, I think for most people, specific crimes are real, really make a big impression. I mean, when they're when they're always Jewish. I mean, no, nobody else is making money from these wars. Well, I guess there are non-Jewish people, but they're they're all associated with the Jewish, uh, with with the the Jewish, uh, the Jews, the Kabbalah. Yeah, the, the two
0: main the two,
2: the two main areas that that are the are the most damaging are that are the banking and the finances and um, the media. You know, th- their control of these is what gives them control of just about everything. So that's what we right. have to go after. Those, those two, um, uh, you know, just, just, the, just focus on those two. Banking and, and media, That uh, pointing out how they control all the media and how what they're doing uh, in the in the financial world, how they how they control everybody through the through controlling the finances. And they've been doing that for a long time. You know the stupid Germans and other Europeans, the the wealthy aristocrats. They brought in Jews because they were good with money and they helped them with their money, and that's how they got that's how they got into these countries. A lot of these countries they had been uh, kicked out. And then these aristocrats brought them back in, both the British and Germans did it too, some of these German uh, little kingdoms that they had then, dukes and so on, uh, because they wanted them to handle their money. And, uh, of course, they they did a good job for these people uh, who hired them, but not for anybody else, but they, they didn't care. So, you know, we have to take responsibility for all that, that uh, we didn't, People don't care about their own their own kind.
1: Yeah, and that's sad. I'm I'm looking right now. I'm I'm looking to uh, post a link in the in the chat room. It's a it's a paper that I found on on Clifton's website. I can't even remember what the title of it is now. Um, it, it's a it's a really. We
2: need to clean up some of this stuff on the chat here. <laughs> Who's so supposed I to do that up. while you're talking?
1: Uh oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: well, I- I'm trying to surf the net here while that's going on. Yeah, yeah,
0: we have the we have the Jew Martin Lindstedt trying to troll yeah. the program Well, yeah.
1: Joy. <laughs> but anyway, I I'm yeah,
0: any- to- anybody who would troll a program like this has to be a Jew. I mean, that's the bottom line.
1: Yeah. Not surprised. Well, uh, the thing oh. is is that you know, his uh all right, that was a different name he came under. All right, never mind. <laughs> I'm like, well I already I already muted that Finkel,
2: name. Pinkle Sceney. Yeah.
1: But anyway what I was trying to say is I'm I'm trying to find this um this link to this paper on Clifton's site that uh elucidates it gives you a very decent timeline uh, from uh, approximately the 16th century on up of a lot of the um, the, the, the workings of the Jews in, in, in a lot of the major aspects of the development of the United States and uh, of, of the, the government and things of that nature. And I think that personally is a, a very good piece of literature to be able to show people in terms of validating, you know, what the Jews have done in the economics and the finances and, and in uh, media.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. You know, I wasn't trying to start an argument or anything. I oh, just wanted no. to, I just like this idea uh, that Bill mentioned, and I think it was a direct quote, from uh, rebels that uh, Jewish strength is in its anonymity, or maybe that was just something Bill said, but I think that's a real good thing to remember. Their strength is in their anonymity, and that's what needs to be, uh, you know, they need to be exposed. Absolutely. And the the right way, the best way to do it is, um, well, I don't, you know, it can be a matter of opinion, and people need to do do what's comfortable with them. But exposing, get and And it's clear there's a direct link, and I already said this, but I'll repeat it uh between their anonymity and their their accusation they're trying to build up uh, a fear in uh, all all non- jews in talking about jews that's that's why they do it
1: right well, I mean before the the show started or I'm sorry um during the show, you know during the chat, we're um uh pointing out jews to, to certain people in here. Where um, you know they, most people don't even understand that people like Elvis were even Jews. And Elvis?
2: Well, why why do you say Elvis was a Jew?
1: Because uh, he was. His mother was
0: a Jew. Really? There's, there is yep. there is evidence that Elvis Presley had had a um, he was like one fourth or one eighth I think Jewish.
1: Yeah. Well, his his mother was Jewish, and therefore because
2: his that, mother might have been half Jewish or part Jewish.
0: Right. Well, right. I mean, but, you know, well, well, a too, is with, so, I mean, if you take a drop of black paint and throw it into a 5-gallon bucket of white paint, it's gray,
2: right? Yeah, but I I don't really go with that one drop thing because uh you're going to find that people are um, you know, if if somebody is one-fourth or something, I mean one-eighth, especially, one-eighth, 8 well, or so uh, you know, uh I I wouldn't get excited about that. We've got too many full full-blooded Jews <laughs> to deal well, with we worrying about
0: those it's people. Well, we corruption of their genetics, right? It's okay. a corrupt that they have that those corrupt genes that the Jews have carried around and have made them do the wicked things that they do for naturally, innately, for thousands of years.
2: Okay. You know, you've got so many people with no Jewish blood who also do wicked things, Bill. Well, well
0: right. And that, I mean,
2: they do some real wicked that's... things. So I, I just, you okay. know, I...
0: How? There's no doubt. There's no doubt that can white people can do terrible things. There is no doubt whatsoever. But white people generally tend to do very good things. And, and most white people do good most of the time. And most Jews are... are They act and and fill those roles that they always fill from generation to generation.
2: Yeah, their their Jews are certain have a certain uh, tribal uh, identity and also uh, um, blood blood whatever what do you call that um, in in their their genetics and so on. Yeah, they do, and uh, that that makes that distinguishes them from us and from some from others, but. I, I'm just saying, uh, I don't, I, I wouldn't get hung up on Elvis. I mean, what, what are we supposed to think about Elvis Presley now?
1: Well, no, my, my, my point, Carolyn, is that you know you're talking about Jewish anonymity, and that is, there are lots of Jews out there that people are not aware of because they are good at staying anonymous because they, they change their name, they hide their identity. Well,
2: true, that's true. That's right. true, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go after. Well, well, him I'll just, tell you about Elvis Presley.
0: Yeah, you know he was used as a tool to help sexualize right. our culture. Yeah,
2: he was used by by the Jews, like all these. Well, well, he,
0: he enjoyed going along with it. For the, right, oh, they oh, all right. are. But a lot, wow. a great number of those musicians are Jews. But look at some of the um the notable rock and roll musicians. That they're, they're all yeah that the. the KISS group and and the Van Halen group, I can't think of their names, but a a great number of those perverts were Jews.
2: Yeah. uh, True, but I think focusing on some of these things, it takes us away from doing what what would be much more effective to be doing. You know, people love to start talking about these kind of people and go on and on about it, and they're not taking care of, they're not thinking in terms of what they can do about the real problems. Now, what people could do is to make comments on a, all kinds of com, articles that we have comments or on on uh, blogs or places where comments are made. And there's a lot of places where they have all these Jews, uh, you know, who are, I think they get paid a lot of them. Uh, Israel pays a bunch of people. I'm sure they get paid to just sit around and and float around on the on the web and write comments in these places, very pro-Israel, pro-Jewish, and so on, and, and anti-Holocaust uh, denial, and also all that stuff. So you know, we we need a much bigger army who is saying things that are um, that are uh, contradicting that. But they shouldn't just be getting on there and making uh, you know uh, talking and. Well, what would I say? Just just using insults and and uh, insulting words and so on. That that's not going to do it. Like this stupid finkel-sheeny guy, um, or well, you, you don't have to be that bad, but uh, you know they should just just put down a decent comment showing uh, you know what the Jews are really doing or, or exposing something or whatever whatever the whatever the the comment board is going on. You know, they should just add their voice there. Uh, we have a lot of people who maybe could do that if they uh, if they would put their mind to it and spend some time spend some of their time that way. That would be quality time. No, no comment on that. Nobody. <laughs> Well, no, well, I think we, I think we need it.
0: better propaganda. And if people can draw and if people can think up slogans and and, and things like that, or if people can make lists of Jewish criminals and, and submit them and we can make sure they get posted. Uh, I mean, you know, people that are in the news, well, like Madoff is an obvious one, but there are hundreds of others the past five years that have been involved in high finance crimes. Well,
2: sure. And I'm we have there people could uh, they could make up some they could get some information there, you know and then wherever it fit fit in they could put down post that information like if you are having a general uh comments about uh let's say Jewish power all somebody would have to do would be to add uh some uh, a comment that listed a few of these guys like uh like uh like you just said and uh and what they did you know you wouldn't it, you could have that already. You could put that down in a lot of places. I think there are people who do that because I see things like that. And it helps to bring, you know, it helps to balance out the comments and it helps to bring something from the, from our side onto there. You don't think people should be doing that? I, I get on comments sometimes, but, you know, one person can only do so much because I don't do that all day, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, when I come across something, sometimes it's, and it, it, it's something I know about. So so I'll get uh, – I'll, I'll start making a few comments there. But uh, I think this is uh, – this can be valuable on the Internet because a lot of people read, read comments. Oh, yeah. Well, well, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will read the comments without even reading the article. They like to hear, they like to see the back and forth, what people are saying to one another, and so on. So, it, it is, is,
0: um, yeah, you know, it's a big help, and people have done it in the past, and, and certain people have done it in the past, and it would be a huge help that whenever people, um, go to mainstream media sites and see the news, to leave comments and to leave a link. To, to um pro dot org, to yeah. your your site, to, to one of our websites, right? And yeah, and to make it different. So. To make it different every time. That that is a huge help. And I have actually gotten um a lot of hits on my website when certain people do that. And and Martin Forty One and James DeJust are among them and, and they've left links to, to Christogenia dot org all over um not only right-wing you know, sites but, or conservative sites, but also mainstream media sites. And, and that's a huge help. Um, once, I, I remember for Adolf Hitler's birthday, Mike ProSync had, had um, put a bunch of Craigslist links to my Mein Kampf site. And, and I got 2,000 visits in one day because of that, all from Craigslist. It, it was incredible. And that's, you know, it's not always going to happen that successfully. But, uh, I mean, links to mainstream media sites with with witty comments or interesting comments and a link to a website can go a long way. It really can. And, and I remember when Mike did that, well, when Mike did that for my Mind Comp site, my site traffic was permanently up about 10% after that. It, it went up. It, it spiked that one day, but but it was permanently up ten percent, which at that time was only about twenty or thirty visits a day. But that that's twenty or thirty visits a day that I didn't have before we did that, and and that's that many more people who became aware of the site and 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 um, stuck around. So you don't know who who you win over when you do things like that.
2: That's right. But, but that's it, right.
0: It is a big help.
2: And I was. Uh what was I going to say um, that well uh, I ah, I thought of something else and then I forgot the other thing well uh, I think that this is something that people can do um, you know who might not think that they they have any they know anything else to do this is something that they can do and I um, darn I had a good I had a good thought but I forgot it Well,
1: we you know we all have to be proactive to a degree. I mean, that's it's funny because the the biggest problem with Christianity, Carolyn, is that it it's never been truly been practiced, and it's mm-hmm. it's a very proactive oh. way of life.
2: Yeah. Well, and, you know, and and that's and that what I was going to say is not so important. But a lot of us, I think, get hung up on trying to convince our family. And, of course, I guess if you're married, uh, you, you really have to work on that because you're living with the person. But uh, otherwise, we could, you know, we never know. We could spend that time on, you know, doing things like we were just saying and maybe uh, reach a lot of people who are ready to be reached rather than uh, focusing on and trying to convince people who aren't ready to be convinced or don't want to be.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, our our people are glad to pay to be lied to. I
2: mm-hmm. mean, that's
1: what we're fighting against here. You know, yeah, I always
2: find that strange too. How how uh, the the television uh, cable once you had to pay for cable and everybody starts paying now, everybody, nobody thinks anything of it. It's gotten quite expensive for some people because they want to have every kind of channel there is. And uh, you know all these things that we pay for, and all they do, they're just bra- they're just indoctrinating us. They should we should be paid to allow them to do it, but no, they they've got us, they've got everybody uh, convinced that all these things are great, uh, great, uh, con- wonderful uh, progress that we've made. We all get to watch TV, and we all get to, and you spend a lot of money to go or see one of these movies.
1: Absolutely. Well, just think, think about how much money you pay for a, a, a darn baseball or football ticket. That's nuts.
2: Oh, someone was talking about sports. I was listening to a program and uh, really made some good points that sports has, has done more to revolutionize and destroy our culture than almost anything else. And, and the blacks getting into sports, when the blacks got into sports, that that was that's the way that our whole- uh, the society's uh, the general person's uh um, impression of uh blacks as as being like the rest of us or something uh, that's where it all got started in sports more than in the movies well it moved, it moved to the movies from from the sports
1: right well it, when when these when the blacks started making as much or more money than than the whites did playing the sports, and then the then the salaries just skyrocketed, so that our white children are looking to these black people who are making millions of dollars as their idols, as the well, people sure, their, yeah.
2: Plus, plus, you see their pictures all the time.
1: Yep, absolutely.
2: Uh, I know uh, they're in the newspapers on the front page half the time, uh, and of course I'm mostly looking at the computer screen. But they're on the, uh, you know, the main uh, news sites and so on. There they are always black sports people, um, every day just about. They've got one of at least one or more. Um, I, I'm getting so sick of having to look at blacks. I thought it was bad a year ago. It's worse now.
0: Well, I just don't watch television, right? I, I mean, just don't Well, turn I don't it on watch television, but
2: it's on. It's on the computer screen. It's all right. over the computer.
0: Right. You oh, okay. I'm wait. sorry. I, I don't go to those websites. So.
2: Well, I go to I go to Yahoo. That's about the one that I see because I have Yahoo yeah. email. And so you go to Yahoo homepage when I turn on. You know, that's my my uh, whatever you call it home. Yahoo or something, from, and uh, and it's just it's I know you hate it, you hate it, but you know they always got these black sports people, and if they're not a black sports person, it's some other, and they also like to show mixed mixed couples and mixed uh, groups and so on. It's just it's just all the time now, all the time. Everything. Well, right. It's, uh, you know, when I'm
0: in town, I notice it's everywhere I turn, everywhere I see a billboard, everywhere I see a a, a magazine or or a you know like all those stupid magazines at the checkout register, that the garbage smut mm-hmm. the Jews love to sell, that yeah. they love to get people to impulse buy it. Right.
2: They they S-Y promote.
0: Cosmo, they promote women
2: dark. who are not black and not really foreign, but are just a little bit. You know, so that you see a woman who appears to be white on these covers or you know magazines or whatever, and yet uh, if you look, it's just not really white. You know, they're just uh, mixed because they're promoting this whole mixed look as being the the typical human being now, mixed race, and so it's it's really it's really insidious. And, and you know that they're, they're planning it all out. You know that they know exactly what they're doing and why they do it. So...
0: Well, well we need better propaganda. We need people to... Um, people, people have to keep... People get complacent. Even people in Christian identity get complacent. And, and we just have to keep a proactive attitude. When it comes to spreading our message and when it comes to propaganda, what we have to um, try to continually yeah. develop. I, I can't draw. I can't draw to save my life. I had to draw an arrow on a on a on a, on, a um, on an image once, and I I posted it to my forum and asked somebody to get it and draw an arrow on it because I couldn't do it. I tried. I'm I'm like totally retarded when it comes to drawing, and and I just can't do it. it it's something I never developed. Well, well um. Yeah yeah, people that can draw, yeah. You know, Skip Baker, that guy has a lot of potential, but I don't use any of his any of his drawings because in essence propaganda is supposed to be a simple and and a, a simple, clean message works best. And a picture is supposed to tell a thousand words. Well, Skip Baker tries to put a thousand words on a picture and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It it gets Sloppy and clumsy and, and hard to read and and um, what well, we need simple images and simple slogans and, and the, the ability to convey a, a good message in a brief period of time because people have no no absolutely no attention spans today. It, it's in, that that's a, another story, but we we do have to have a proactive attitude toward developing good propaganda and toward spreading our message to people outside of our own of our own circles
2: well to keep it simple i think that the only message that is important in my mind is the message of jewish power and how absolutely harmful it is and how we cannot put up with uh with uh jews at all now you're saying you're talking you we, now you're talking about a few drops uh you know then i i'm now i was saying well i wouldn't go that far because i that would you know kind of confuses the message in my mind but um but I think Jewish power and the harmfulness of it and this, this is what we need to get across we need to we need to get people to understand and to accept, even if they understand it, they don't want to talk about it, we need to get it talked about we need to that's why I think everybody everybody who cares can do something by this comments thing by you know leaving comments as we've been talking about in certain places uh, whenever they have the opportunity, or they might look for opportunities to do it. Because if people, you know, would say, that's better than just arguing with the people you live around who aren't going to change your mind, might as well reach out because everything's on the Internet. And uh, people, uh, millions of people uh, are reading some of these things or thousands of people in some cases. I I wouldn't leave comments on like associated press stories or something where they've already got 2000 and 5000 comments. Who's going to read that stuff? But um, you know, on sm- on smaller on smaller groups, but uh, there's some of them that have a lot of uh, readers every day and you can reach a lot of people that way. So, that's my that's my contribution for tonight.
0: Well well yeah that's that that's i mean we've been aware of comments and and that's something that we should always bring up to people is that they should leave comments with links to our websites on on mainstream programs yeah you know on on mainstream news stories mm-hmm. links to to sites that somebody might see and, and and yeah you know articles and and nationalist sites nationalist articles christian identity sites and and wake people up yeah Try to show them that there's another way to think. I mean, that's the most important thing.
2: Yes, and I think it shows. I think one thing that's real important that it shows is that uh, there are people who are saying this and are not afraid to say it. There are people who are saying uh, Jews are a problem and, and they're, not, uh, they're not afraid to say it. And the well, marsh- I think a lot of
0: people did wake up after, after Oklahoma City and after 9-11, especially after 9-11, a lot of people woke up. And a lot of people are, are here tonight because of 9-11, because that that they saw something wrong with that story and started investigating. Mm-hmm. But we, we still, I don't think we're proactive enough in, in leveraging that. I don't know.
2: Well, uh, there's only so much individuals can do, and so that's why more individuals need to be uh, joining into it. I guess more individuals need to see themselves as important and, and necessary and needed, and uh, do as much as they can do.
0: Right. Well, well, my point is to remind people. You know, you know there's a lot of people who like to listen to um, to our programs, and and that that's wonderful, and. and encourage those people who would like to listen to our programs to get out there and make posts on mainstream sites and, and try to bring more people in into the fold, right?
2: hmm Yeah, you know, when I listen to what you were reading tonight, uh about the Germans and, and the Third Reich, I just, I just it just it, it's it's so painful uh how right they were And how they were speaking the truth, and what happened to them—that I just get very, uh, you know, I just, I, 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 uh, (laughs) I just want to get people to do something, do do something, uh, absolutely, Uh, absolutely. These
0: are good. These were good white men who cared about their nation, their race, their culture, their history, and their freedom to be what they are. And, and they asserted that their, um, that their right to self determination, and World Jewry destroyed
2: them. You know, right now, now they're doing that in uh, Hungary. We can bring up that the Hungarians uh, have a right wing government, a uh, who uh, they don't. They say they're not national socialists uh, or fascists. Of course, I have to say that they have their own ideas but they, uh they really want a, to, um, they, they want their finances to be set up the way Hitler did in Germany, and they want to you know they want yeah jobick, that's right. And, um, right and they're doing wonderfully. they really have the support of the people, but of course now, the same thing, a uh, world jewelry and the European Union, they're all coming down to punish Hungary as much as they can and bring economic pressure and so on to force the people to uh, give it up or whatever. Uh, next thing, they'll probably be finding, uh, looking for criminal, uh, you know, they'll, they'll want to uh, find crimes that they can blame on these people if they can't do anything else. They'll do whatever they can, and you know that they don't allow it. They don't allow this to happen. And so uh, I, just, I just really pray for these Hungarians, because right now, to me, they're yeah. the most courageous people in the world. I mean, as far as national groups, they've, 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 they've managed to uh, assert themselves uh, politically, but uh, they're going to have everything come down on them.
0: Well, well, right. Well, the Austrians tried to assert themselves politically in the 80s, and, and they el- democratically elected Kurt, Kurt Waldheim, who was actually the Secretary General of the UN. No mention was ever made of his, you know, in mainstream public mm-hmm. media or in, of mm-hmm. his, of of his background associating him with Nazi Germany while he was secretary general of the UN and and he came to the the head of the Austrian state and and he was ridiculed and booted out, you know, forced out of office. And and then then George Hader, after him in Austria, and George Hader was a a mostly white, you know, right-wing nationalist and and they ridiculed him and, and they, that they basically emasculated them and, and threatened all kinds of boycotts against the Austrians. Here's a man who was democratically elected. The hypocrisy of the Western media oh, it yeah. is absolutely incredible, and, and it's all because they're all Jews. They're all Jews, and they're natural-born hypocrites, and that's what they do. Yeah, you know, it's they, these are democratically elected men who had every right to serve their countries and and they were ridiculed and booted and threatened and and cajoled out of office because they don't go along with the Jew world order.
2: Well, some of them are not Jews, but they're super liberal left-wingers. They're Green Party, they're, you know, they're well, well, like right. I can Communist Jews And the, the communists ears, are right. like Jews are communists and communists are Jews, but there are a lot of communists that aren't aren't genetically jewish but they just go for that i don't know why they go for it but it takes all kinds i guess so there they are and uh they're uh, they work uh hand in hand and they try to destroy everything they want this uh they they just love uh uh, other races they're just they just see uh they, they don't want there to be nationalities they don't want there to be nations they don't want people to well, well, have, the have their pure race. They don't want that at all. They want it all mixed and, up. And, and that's the yeah. Jewish agenda. So and, I guess they've you, just been don't a Judaized. That, huh? You
0: may as well be a Jew. Yes, they're Judaized. They're absolutely yes. They're Judaized.
2: just fully Judaized. Is what happened.
0: That's why I like to call them Jews between the years, because that's the Jewish agenda.
2: But you know, I I wasn't always like I am now. I I was a liberal. I never got that liberal, but I thought I was a liberal. And uh, and I changed, so uh, I woke up. People can people can do it, but I don't know exactly what it takes. You never know; it, it's a personal thing with people. So uh, things just have to happen in the right way. But um, but there's too, many, too much of this. But hopefully, it's gone so far on that side that things are going to come back over. Look at uh, the Austrians really want to come back to the right. But they're, they're afraid of the European Union and, and the economic pressures and so on. Austrians are pretty, uh, money conscious, I think. They're, they're great people, but they are pretty money conscious. Like the Swiss, the Swiss really are. The Swiss, yeah, from Switzerland. They really are. Even though they're good, they're good white people too. But, um, so they don't want that. You know, they want to be, uh, they want to be comfortable. They, they don't want to suffer. And, uh, but now Strache, you know they're they're coming down on him again, but he's he's holding up pretty well. But it's a it's a terrible struggle when you're in the political limelight. And then next thing you know, you have an accident and you're dead.
0: Yes, oh, and they do that all the time too.
2: That's right. So you know, no matter what, and no matter what the people, the but if the people would really stand up, and that's why I'm so enthusiastic and grateful to the Hungarians because the Hungarian people really see through it all and they want something different. So we
1: we need we need more people to be seeing this though. That's for sure. I mean, yes, we, we do. I'm I'm witnessing, you know, I'm witnessing many people who seem to be waking up, but it is still just a drop in the hat. Mm-hmm. As to as to, you know, how far all of Israel is going to wake up. But the problem is, all Israel isn't going to wake up until Christ returns. But it is our duty, it's our job to stand up on our soapboxes like we are now and preach the truth and don't be afraid of it.
2: No, right. And I think, uh, I think we should be uh, optimistic even though it doesn't look too good, but we should be optimistic, as Bill was saying. And as uh, he's pointing out, that uh, Goebbels always was. I think he was so optimistic. I don't know if he was so optimistic, but it was his job to uh, keep the uh, spirit of the German people up and to keep them fighting and resisting. So that's what he was doing. But uh, you can't help, if you have the truth, and you know you know the truth, you can't help but... but uh, be optimistic about it. I mean, it's just built in, wouldn't you say?
1: Well, absolutely. That's why it's called the good news. That's why it's <laughs> the good news message. It's 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 what we have to look forward to. Period. You know, we've we've already won. Yeah. We yeah. just don't know it yet. Just like well, the well, I guess we know that we've won in our
2: that. in our own spirit because uh, we. You know, I don't have any any doubt whatsoever, and I don't think I'm just being uh, dogmatic either. You know, I mean, I, there's something you know when you found, when you found the truth, and, uh, and you can recognize all the liars. You recognize the lies they tell without any trouble whatsoever. So uh, that in itself is, is a great overcoming.
1: Absolutely, Carolyn, absolutely. Well, and, and that essentially means that Yahweh did open your eyes. He did open your ears, your eyes, your heart, and your mind. And that is, that's basically what we have to, um, you know, we, we have to keep that in mind. You know, that's why it's our job to plant the seed of truth. We can't make it grow, only Yahweh can make it grow, and we can't determine if or when that's going to happen.
2: Well, I think that's real good. Uh, that brings to my mind that you know we we can't we can't insist that people uh, agree with us or see what we see. We just can't. And no matter if there are people in your you know close to you people that you talk to, that's why planting the seed. We can plant a lot of seeds out there on the internet. Truthfully, uh, that might grow better than the ones that we're trying to uh, beat it into somebody's head. Who's, who's who's in our household who just is, is getting more and more resistant the more you talk to them. So, yes. you know, so you're right about planting seeds and then just let the seed, uh, see if the seed will grow.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I describe it as, as dumping a whole bag of seeds on somebody, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe one of those seeds will take, <laughs> gives them more of a chance.
2: Well, okay. I thank you guys for letting me come on and, uh, I'm going to
0: say goodnight now. I enjoyed this. Okay, thanks. Carolyn, thanks for calling in. And okay. We'll get it figured out sooner or later. Well, white yeah. people will figure it out sooner or later. There's no doubt. I'd just like to help it along because, man, it's way overdue. It, it just is. I know we're on God's time scale. We're on Yahweh's time clock. There's no way we're going to do it on our own. But But we never know what the vehicle for that is going to be. And, and that doesn't give us an excuse to sit and do nothing. What we have to witness to what we know and try to get it across to people. That's the way I look at it.
2: Excellent. I agree with you. Oh. Thank you so much, Bill. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay,
0: I will be here, I will be here Friday with Hosea Chapter 6, and, and I will be here next week with um, Classical Records in the Origins of the Scythians, Parthians, and Related Tribes. Thank you, Matt. And and thank you everybody and thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh and good night.